Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, Dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. If you are at all interested in skincare, and let's be real, everyone is or should be if you're not. Today's episode is for you. I am talking to Shani Darden, who is an incredible esthetician. She is a celebrity esthetician. Her clients are out of control. She has a product line, which honestly people don't stop raving about. And she is just a true leader and trailblazer in the space. So In today's episode, we get into the nitty gritty of skincare. I also ask Shani about her entire journey because she's had a really interesting career journey as well, you know, where she didn't know that she was going to become an esthetician and she kind of just fell into it and it was what she was really good at. And so it's a really interesting story. She is really one of the most renowned estheticians I would say in North America. So this was a really interesting conversation, which I think all of you guys are going to learn so much from. And she's just a total force. So I am really excited to bring this conversation to you. Before we get started, I want to share with you guys this week's review, which comes to us from Rachel G triple zero best podcast. I'm officially obsessed. I've been binging on my hot girl walks at my desk and while I make dinner. Love how insightful, intelligent, and badass all these women are. Sif feels like a friend and asks the questions we all want to know. I'd love to hear an episode with Sasha Exeter, Ali Love, or Kendall Tool. Thank you so much for leaving this review, Rachel. And I really, really, really appreciate the detail. I love that you're listening to this on your hot girl walk. And while making dinner, that's exactly what I do with my podcast listens as well. So that always makes my day. You guys, um, if you have a couple of minutes and want to support the show, please take a second to rate and review the show. All you have to do is open the Apple podcast app. You may already have it open. Scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and review the show. If you feel like I've earned it, leave me a five-star rating. And in the review section, 
let me know anything you want me to know. Basically, the more you tell me, the better it is. Tell me the guests you want me to talk to. Tell me topics that you're loving. Literally, the more information you can give me, the better, because my goal here is to show up as the best possible host for you. This week's hot tip is actually the Vitamix. And the reason I am bringing this up isn't because this is my first time using the Vitamix or it's come into my life fairly recently. I've actually had a Vitamix for years. However, when we moved to LA, we've not moved all our stuff from Toronto into LA yet. So I was Vitamix less for a long time until my friend Jord, shout out Jord, who left her Vitamix in my care. And let me tell you, I've been using this thing nonstop. You can make nut butters. You can make soups. Like this thing is a miracle worker. I don't even know how this technology came to be. But if you are thinking of a Vitamix, let me tell you, you guys need it. All right. With that, let's welcome Shani Darden to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay. So we're just going to dive right in. When I was doing my research that you used to be a model in music videos. I know. Everyone loves this story. It will never. It haunts me. No, um, it's it's never going to end. You're going to be at a how. Like, how does the Shawnee Darden have this, like, past it's life? No, it's not <laughs> a good one. So, basically, what happened was I was modeling in Canada. Someone Are found, you Canadian? No. I just live really close to Montreal, Canada. Well, okay, I was raised there. Plattsburgh, New York. You're not going to know what that is, no. but it's about an hour away, about 30 minutes away from the Canadian border oh, okay. and an hour away from Montreal. Mm-hmm. So I was there. Someone, scout or whatever, found me and said, come to L.A. You're going to be a huge model. I got here. That didn't happen. And I got put in every music video in the world, rolling around dancing, but I don't know how to dance. And so that's where it started. And so it's just like, but why music videos? Like they just decided you were like, just looked, one for it. I looked like a I should be should in a be. music video, but I just <laughs> kept being in all of them and I hated it so much. And also like, I don't know how to dance. Yeah. So it just was like this thing that went on for a while. And then I was like, I'm never doing this again. So do I, do I like Google Shawnee Darden music videos you and I'll find you? Find, you could find a few probably. You okay. probably could find a few. I'm 100% doing this okay. like literally as soon as I get home. I After need to see. a few glasses of wine, I love to show some of them, but otherwise, no. It's all in the past. Oh my gosh. Okay, so then how do you pivot from there into aesthetician because arguably very different fields? Yeah, so I was always really into skincare and at some point I just didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And so I started working as a risk. I kind of just knew that I wanted to work in a spa or some something like that. But I don't know how I knew that. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I started working as a receptionist at all of these different places, like a hair salon that had an esthetician there, then a, a spa. And I kind of moved around. And then when I realized, oh, a friend suggested that I go to school to be an esthetician, I went and when I finished school, I was already working as a receptionist at one of the, a really big spa at the time. And then they helped to train me. I went and worked for a dermatologist. And that's kind of how it all sort of started. And the thought process behind being a receptionist at was, like a spa was so that you could learn and kind of like see what was going on. Also to get a job. I knew because L.A. is so competitive totally. in like at least I got in the door. They would feel bad for me. 
Yeah, it it's like being an intern. Right. Like, I just I mocked yeah. the floors in yeah. the internships. So you do everything. Yeah. So I knew that was kind of my way in. And it didn't actually completely work out that way because when I got out of school, I wasn't hired. They were like, you don't know enough about skin to do it. So I then went to work for a dermatologist. But they helped me get that job. So then when I worked for a dermatologist, then I was set because that you learned every like I would work alongside her name is Dr. Benitez. So I would work with her when she went in to see patients. I went in. It was a whole thing. So talk to me about what it was like working for a dermatologist. And I'm asking this because how do you find out if your esthetician has had like a derm you background? You have to ask. Really? Yeah, you have to ask. And I, you know what? I hate to say it's the best, like you're going to get the most knowledge, mm-hmm. but get someone that hasn't, that's not right out of school. Okay. Because you don't really learn anything in mm-hmm. school. You're just trying to pass this test, which is the state board test. You're just trying to get through that. Yeah. So you really like all the questions they have are so old that like it means nothing. And they're not, you're not really learning a lot on people's skin. Mm-hmm. So having someone that worked for a dermatologist, because also with spas, like it, they're kind of a fluffy facial. You know what I mean? So do you then think that estheticians who've had like, training beside like a, a derm is they are like actually like a layer I guess above other estheticians I don't want to say that because I'm sure there's amazing estheticians that didn't work no, for a but, derm. but I mean like do you have like a sort of training and an understanding that like it would be difficult to have if you don't work under a derm well yeah because you're seeing people with all different skin conditions right so you're seeing it all and you're also learning about prescription medication that people are on. So a lot of times someone like I know skin that's on a retin-A, whereas someone that didn't work with people that had, that's it's hard. There's certain peels you can't use. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. So definitely you get more from working with a dermatologist. Wow, that is actually really, yeah. really interesting. I, I had yeah. no idea that it's, that was even something that I should be looking for when I'm... It's just hard I lucked out. Most dermatologists aren't going to be like, hey, great, you can work here after you just got out of school. So then from a consumer perspective, right, like when would you say is the right time to go see a derm versus an esthetician? If you're breaking out really bad um, or you, you know, you have a rash or something like that, you're having a reaction, Uh I would see a derm. Okay, got it. And then also, how do you feel about facials at like a dermatologist's office? Because, you know, like sometimes plastic surgeons yeah. or derms have like someone who does facials. Would you recommend someone goes there? Or I mean, that's where I start. That's what I did when I worked for the dermatologist. I think, yeah, it just depends. Like there's so many places in L.A. that, you know, they really are. It's all about skin, you know, spas that are all about skin. I think that they usually... Most of those girls have been trained for a really long time and have a lot of knowledge. So it just sort of depends. I'm always for Like if you can find a dermatologist that where they're giving facials, like 100 percent, why not? And then when it comes to like prescription products for skin, do you like do you, I guess, also know because of that kind of background yes. what to recommend to people based on their skin condition? Well, there's so many new medications, uh-huh. but I do know a lot of them. So, yeah. yes, I usually can help people with that. I mean, it changes so much. There's so, so much more than when I when I was working there. Got it. And then talk to me then about things like Botox and stuff. Like, do you always recommend that people go to like a dermatologist or like a doctor's office versus like a spa? Like, how do you feel about that? 
I don't know. I mean, I have a friend that's a nurse, and I, I think if it's a nurse or definitely a plastic surgeon. I'm I asking this selfishly. I've not gotten Botox yet, uh, and I see the fine lines, and yeah. I'm like, I got to go to someone. Like, who the fuck do I go I, to? I would. I mean, I think it's a slippery slope, so okay. you have to be careful. Okay, cool. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, so going back to you, mm-hmm. how did you go from, like, you know, after you had— your stint at the Derms yep. like office. Mm-hmm. How do you go from there to where you are today? Because your clientele is like actually out of control. And I think that you need to establish yourself as somewhat or like of a serious expert, I would say, <sighs> to have people just coming back. And like, I have so many people who I know who've like raved about you. So obviously like you've like built yourself <laughs> up and like incredible, right? Oh. So like, how did you get there? I would say... I worked at the spa for a while, and the first person that put me out was Jessica Alba. She mentioned me in Allure magazine. So after that, I think people then had heard of me, and so I just started to build base on that. I would get a lot of makeup artists that would send their clients that were breaking out, and I think because from working at the Derm, I was able to fix their skin, then it just went from there. So then I worked in my office that was behind my home for a while, and it kind of just blew up. It was crazy. And then after that, I finally decided to open a place, which is my place in Beverly Hills, which is really close to here. What do you think sets you apart? Like, what do you do that's like really special or like, why do you think people keep coming back to you? I think, oh God, I'm not someone that's going to push products on you. I'm very less is more. I guess I would say I'm no bullshit. And I think people know that. I just really want to help people. And so I think that that's probably where it comes from. When you work at a spa and you're working under somebody else, you know, you have to push products. It's just like the whole thing is like, it just doesn't, it's not anything I could do. So yeah, I think that that's what it is. I mean, obviously from working with the Durham, I've worked with acne for so long. So I usually can fix someone's skin pretty quickly, or I'll send them to a dermatologist. Okay, so talk to me about the building blocks of a really good skincare routine, because I know that you're a fan of less is more, which I think things are like veering towards Mm -hmm. nowadays, because I think people are just kind of sick and tired of like the 20 step skincare routine. You know, I think that had its moment. And that moment is gone. For sure. Okay, so talk to me about how you set up a skincare routine. Like, the most basic. So I'm very basic. Uh-huh. First, you need to know your skin type. If okay, you wait. can see it, I know it's How? a hard one. I mean, I, I always tell people it's best to find out from like an esthetician. Um, you've got to learn about your skin before you can even go into what products. So then t- like the different skin types like that I've heard of is what like dry, oily. Sensitive. Okay. You could rosacea. There's just so many things. But uh-huh. the majority of people use products that are too heavy for their skin is Mm. what I see. A lot of people will come to me breaking out and they're using like a super heavy moisturizer, which is only going to keep making you break out. Mm -hmm. So that's the tricky part. But I would say a basic skincare would be a gentle cleanser in the morning, a vitamin C serum because they're my favorite. It's great to protect your skin from environmental stressors like pollution, works hand in hand with your sunscreen, and then a sunscreen moisturizer in one. I don't want to do the two steps of a moisturizer and then sunscreen. You don't think you need both, like moisturizer and sunscreen? Sunscreen, moisturizer in one. In one. Okay, so what do you have favorites? 
I do. Supergoop has the best sunscreens and they have... I'm wearing their one, the um, the glow one. Though. Yeah, they have a sunscreen for every skin type. So I love their brand. There's other brands, but I just love their brand. And then at night, cleanse. Wait, wait, wait. Before oh, we ahead. get there, yeah. vitamin C and cleanser recommendations as well. I know you have a cleanser. I mean, my cleanser, cleansing mm-hmm. serum. And then I really love, for vitamin C, I really love Is Clinical Pro Heal. Mm-hmm. It's a vitamin C, E, and A. It's one of my favorites. It's a stronger one. It's a 15% vitamin C. But if you can tolerate it, it's amazing. You can use it every day. It's like my favorite. Okay, I actually have a very selfish question yes. right now. I use Biologique Recherche. Mm-hmm. I use their, have you heard of their Oligo protein? Mm-mm. It's like a brightening mm-hmm. serum. And so I kind of like, normally I would use a vitamin C, yeah. but like lately I've just been using that instead. So mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, should we be doing both? Because what's interesting about BR is they don't have like a single ingredient vitamin C, not that I've seen. Mm. So I have to look at, you know what? I have never, I've only used any of those products in that brand in so long. Really? Just because I, I mean... I have so many that I already like. It's nothing. Okay, so the brand. I'm like I'm very interested yeah, also to find me out about and I'll look at the ingredients. Yeah, and also what I so now when we move on tonight, I want to know what you're using for. Do you exfoliate or you're into that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So just tell me the night routine okay, first. So <laughs> we'll cle- dig into brands. cleanse. I switch it up a lot at night. So cleanse retinol if you can tolerate one. If you can't, there's so many other lactic serum or if you're breaking out. There's a serum called Active Serum I love by Is Clinical. And so you use those products. You would alternate. Depend. I mean, it really depends on your skin type. And um, you only use as often as your skin can tolerate it, meaning some people can only use them three times a week. Some people can use them every night. So it just depends. And then taking one night off, a night that you're not using one of those actives, and it's foliating. And I love the Dr. Dennis Gross Peel Pads. Which oh, I talk holy about. grail. Yeah. Incredible. Right. So I love those. I also now have my my lactic acid signature peel, mm-hmm. another way to exfoliate. So using one or the other mm-hmm. and then eye cream moisturizer. How do you feel about taking moisturizer to your under eye area and skipping eye cream? A hundred. It just depends on what you're using and it depends on what's going on with your skin. So, yeah, 100 percent you could use your moisturizer, but it's not going to be as active as like using a retinol. So a lot of people that use my retinol are able to tolerate it around their eye area. So they use that and then they they would use just a moisturizer. So then you can, if your skin is able to tolerate it, you can take retinol to your under eye? You can take my retinol under your eye, but okay. not, not all, all retinol. Okay. It just depends on the retinol. Most people couldn't use a prescription uh-huh. retinol Obviously, under their yeah, eyes, but there scary. are so many out there. It just depends. When I moved to LA, I thought I was going to get sunny California weather. And instead, it's been pouring for the last three weeks. I mean, it's actually insane. So no surprise, I've been spending a whole lot of time indoors because I'm an idiot who doesn't own an umbrella. Jokes aside, though, the stats of the amount of time Americans spend indoors is kind of shocking. 90% of time, to be precise. And here's what's even crazier. According to the EPA, indoor air can be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, a hundred times more polluted. Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers, such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold, which is why it's so important to have a really high-quality air purifier. I was actually looking for one last year, and I could not believe the number of you guys who told me about Air Doctors. So you can only imagine how freaking excited I was when they wanted to partner on the podcast. 
Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. Allergens can vary in size, but the average pollen size is about 25 microns. Air Doctor virtually removes 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns in size. What I loved about Air Doctor is their no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. It's such a no-brainer. Although, spoiler alert, you're going to love it. Air Doctor has an insane offer for you guys. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code DREAMBIGGER. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You are saving up to literally 40%. Lock the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the code DREAMBIGGER. All one word. Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil that we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's out list for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist coworker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow a thing or two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, so then... I'm sure you've heard of like, actually I have two questions. Number one is skin cycling. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you use the retinol <sighs> yeah, and then yeah. the exfoliant yes. and then not. So how would you structure your week? Say, for example, this is for someone who it's they're not new to exfoliation right. or retinol. Like they've been doing it. Like how would you structure their skincare routine? So, again, it depends on your skin type. So Uh with skin cycling, it's about doing an active and then taking a day off, I think, and doing an active. So for me, it's sort of like you're going to use your active as often as you can tolerate it. If If you can tolerate it every night, then you don't have to take a day off. So you can take it. You can't use it every night. Like, that's okay. Yeah, 100%. I use a retinol every single night. I don't take a night off unless my skin is feeling dry Mm -hmm. or irritated. Yeah, my skin does super well on actives. Like, I've never had an issue where I've had to, like, you know, like, it's never been, like, too dry. Like, I actually love retinol, and, like, I think it, like, makes my skin look really good. 100%. There's no reason to take the day off unless... 
you need to take the day off. Okay, that makes me feel so much better because yeah. I'm like, why am I like? We I just, just they needed something else to talk about, <laughs> so it just became like skin sight. I mean, it's always something, so I don't know what to say. I'm like skin sight killing means you're just taking a day off because you're dry or yeah, what, for yeah. whatever reason. So so. In terms of alternating between exfoliating and retinol, like, do you do them on alternate days in that case? I only have people exfoliate one to two times a week. Got it. So not every day. No. And that was going to be my second question that, like, is there such a thing as, like, over exfoliating? 100%. Like, damaging skin barrier? 100%. So you only want to use, depending on your skin type, you only want to exfoliate one to two times a week. So usually, like, the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads once a week or my signature peel once a week. Okay. So then I think I may be exfoliating too often because I do like three to four times a week. Okay. So two times a week. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm going to cut much. myself off. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah. And right. it can cause like pigmentation and all the things you don't want. Okay. So bringing down <laughs> exfoliation. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Shani, we're learning today. <laughs> so on the topic of retinol, I feel like you've become an expert in this area. Like your product, I feel like all people do is talk about your retinol. So can you explain to someone who's like maybe new to this why retinol is so important? Like what does it do exactly? So it boosts collagen in the skin and it can decrease fine lines and wrinkles. It can help with scarring, pigmentation. It kind of does it all. It's an ingredient that's been around forever. I think a lot of people are scared of it because they think of Retin-A, which is a prescription retinol that can cause irritation and all the things. But it's really the best anti-aging ingredient you can use other than sunscreen. So it's like, I mean, that's why every brand has retinol. Yeah. There's a reason. What age should someone start using it? I always say in your 20s, your late 20s, unless you're breaking out. You know, I've worked with a lot of kids when I worked at the dermatologist and they had acne and they were using retinol at a pretty young age. So but otherwise, I would say not into your late 20s. Yeah, I I started when I was like, I would say like 26, 27. And I really do think it's had such an impact in the way that my skin has just behaved. Yeah, it makes such a difference. Yeah. And. In terms of, like, you you mentioned Retin-A, I guess, tr- what's it called? Tr- Tretinoin, tr- yeah. yeah. So that, those are all prescription forms of, and so just a lot. So they're quicker to work. I, that, that's the real difference is that okay. it's going to work faster, but you are most likely going to have downtime. You're most likely going to peel. It's going to be irritating. And for someone that's breaking out that does have pretty bad acne, Sometimes it's just the best way because it's just going to you're going to you might be irritated. You might be dry, but you're just going to get rid of it a lot, a lot quicker. So then if someone is on tretinoin, tretinoin, oh, my God, I can't say it. Um, But if they are on it, like how often do you recommend they use it? And is it again like the same thing where like you recommend someone doesn't look into it until their late 20s? Well, it depends. Like that's usually a dermatologist would tell you how mm-hmm. often. I mean, it just depends. Typically, if you're breaking out, it would be every day. Mm-hmm. You also can build up slowly, maybe start with it a couple times a week and then build up, which will probably help with any irritation, you know, and if you do go into it slowly. But it just depends. A lot of people use it for anti-aging as well, and they can totally um, tolerate it. So it just depends. And so really, like, the main difference between this and a retinol like yours is just, I guess, like, the... -the Over-the-counter is not going to be as strong. So my retinol is not as strong. You're not going to have any downtime. You can build up slowly. Prescription typically is going to be a lot more... It's going to be stronger, but also a lot more harsh. And that's where people 
tend to get more afraid. And then how often should someone be using your retinol, for example, like depending on their skin? Yeah. Let's do like dry, sensitive, oily, and what is it? Sensitive. It depends how sensitive you are. Sensitive, you might not be able to use a retinol if you're very sensitive. Yeah. But dry, just I mean, honestly, you might not be able to use a retinol more than three times a week every other night. Uh-huh. Also, you can, for some people that are dry that really want to use a retinol, they can use a moisturizer before they apply the retinol and then a moisturizer after, which really? will Really? A moisturizer yeah. before? I've never yeah, heard of that. Yeah, just because it will cut down the strength. So huh. it'll help a little bit. It makes it a little easier. But someone that's very dry, using a retinol is hard for someone extremely dry to and use. And what about someone who has like, is combination skin it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more combination oily T-zone. I can use a retinol every night. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I guess like also for people who like run a little bit oilier, it's also okay to... They'll be able to use it every night for sure. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. And then what do you think it is that makes your retinol so special? Because... I mean, people should go, listen, guys, like go read the reviews on Sephora. They're actually insane. Like people I really trust talk about your retinol. So like what is in your formulation that's like so special? You know what? You know, I worked really hard with a chemist. Mm -hmm. Uh, It took me a really long time. And also I tested it for so long. What's great is there's really no downtime. As long as you're starting a couple times a week and building up slowly. It has aloe in it. So it's gentler. Yeah. I just worked really hard at it. I mean, (laughs) also like I'm just looking at your skin and it's like, it's not, I don't know. I don't know where this rash is. No one can see it by the way, but like it's, I'm running to the dermatologist. I was testing, I've been testing so many things recently and it, and I, I get it. Yeah. Like even for me, like when I have like a lot of products that have come in, like you're testing and like your skin is just the worst part is I don't I know how to test products, but somehow it backfired because I don't remember which product it was. Oh, oh no. (laughs) I teach everybody else how to do it. So you may use it again. And who knows? (laughs) So hopefully um, the dermatologist is going to fix me up today. Yeah, they definitely will. Yeah. Talk to me about what someone can do if they're breaking out. Like, what should they be using? I know it can be because you're maybe using too many products, yeah. but like, what can they be doing to course correct from there? I would definitely remove dairy from your diet yeah. completely. I would keep it really simple. Again, you're going to need an acne product. So. What are your favorites? Uh, my favorite has always been is clinical active serum. That's my favorite. I usually have, if somebody's breaking out, I usually have them alternate that with active serum, retinol reform, active serum, and then the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads. And they alternate, but the peel pads only once a week. Okay, yeah. so what so, is in the active serum? Lactic, salicylic, and glycolic. Got it. Okay, yep. cool, cool, cool. So then... It's a really great serum for someone breaking out. So then, okay, I understand. And so then you, the peel pads are just on once regular. a week, but not the same night. Okay, cool. So then if someone is breaking out, what they should do is go get the active serum and start using. Yeah, and you want to make sure you're using a moisturizer with no oil in it. Oil can cause congestion. So like something oil-free. I have a moisturizer that's oil-free. And also your sunscreen. You want same thing. What about a non-comedogenic oil? Yes, but I am not a huge fan of oils. And yes, there are oils that are supposed to be non-comedogenic. However, because I do give facials, I usually can see and usually know when somebody's using an oil. Really? Yeah. So I personally would say not until your skin is cleared up and then we can talk about whatever it is. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's really fascinating to me because oils is like such a dividing topic. And yeah. like, you know, some people really love them and mm-hmm. others are like, absolutely not. Do not use it. And yeah. of course, a lot of it is dependent on skin type and like what the skin yeah, yeah, is dealing course, with at the point at that point but mm-hmm. like it's just really interesting for me to have this conversation yeah. with like every I'm skin just not a, i don't ever like to rag on anybody else's you know their products i'm just not a big i just don't you see don't love a oils lo- yeah i don't see a lot of use for them it, they're not really hydrating they sit on the surface of your skin so i don't get it but some people just love it so then you prefer a moisturizer then? Yeah, or a hyaluronic acid serum I love, which you could use before your moisturizer. I like that. Gives you a boost of hydration, but also absorbs into the skin. So here's what's interesting. So I was, I think I saw on like TikTok, some like some skincare brand owner was talking about the fact that she actually doesn't love hyaluronic acid as like yes. a single ingredient because it's a humectant and mm-hmm. an like California type weather yes. where it's dry. It may not a be lot the best of people, thing. A lot of people have been saying that lately, but I mean, it's. But you're into it, it though. It definitely pulls moisture from the air Oops, and yeah. hydrates your skin. If the air is dry, I could see how you might not think it's hydrating, but that would go with anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, But if you put a moisturizer on top, then it should be okay, no? Because it would still like pull the moisture from there. Right? 100%. Like, that's how the science would that's work. That's how I like to use it for sure. And I mean, for some people that are very oily, they may use one alone. And what's your favorite hyaluronic? I have two that I like. Dr. Nigma has one, serum number one. Mm-hmm. And then Is Clinical has one that's better for redness. Mm-hmm which is called HydroCool. I've actually never used anything from Is Clinical. I love their products. Yeah, I mean, you've recommended three of you them. Don't, I think because they're not in stores, and I think they're in a lot of doctor's offices. They're in Violet Gray, though, no? Yes, you're right. They're, they are in Violet Gray, but they're not in, like, Sephora or anything no, like that. No, I, I know that. Like, and, like, I like SkinCeuticals, for yeah. example, and that's not at Sephora either. That's but it's a great like, brand. I've just kind of seen is yeah. clinical in my periphery but yeah. this is the first time They're where like great. someone has like told me like these are th- and so I'm yeah. I'm obviously gonna go no, no, right no. after it to Violet Gray <laughs> they're great they're okay. great so yeah. I, I got a great try brand okay I like it so the Dr. Dennis peel pads like we're talking about it I want to get into what those do and I also want to talk about your lactic acid product mm-hmm what that does specifically, because I think that people need to understand like what the different acids do instead of just a combination. So lactic, salicylic, what's the other, malic, right? Yeah. So the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads, alpha beta peel pads, just help to exfoliate the skin. So it's removing all the dead skin cells off the surface, helps with product penetration, can help with pigmentation, can help with acne. Mm -hmm. The lactic acid serum, I've just always really loved lactic acid. It's slightly hydrating acid as well. So almost anyone can use it. Mm-hmm. And so what it does is it gives you an immediate glow. I've always wanted to have a lactic acid serum, but uh-huh. also you can use it when you're pregnant as well. So interesting. Okay. And whereas retinol, you can't. So I felt like it was important. And like I said, I've been using one of my favorite peels that I do in my office is a lactic acid peel. So it's kind of 
just one of my favorite ingredients. And then what about a glycolic and a salicylic? Like, what are their functions? They're all different acids that are great for different skin types. Salicylic is really, really great for acne. acne. So that's, I mean, so is glycolic. But salicylic especially goes into the pore and can kind of clean out the oil mm-hmm. in your pores. So just depends, you know, it depends on your skin type. But if you do have acne, I would start with a salicylic. There's so many products, too, are just a combination of all of them. You know what I mean? What about cleansing? Do you like to cleanse morning and night? Yes, I do. If you're someone with truly dry skin, I know a lot of people don't want to cleanse in the morning when they're. But most people that have dry skin don't really have dry skin. But people that do, I get it. You don't need to wash in the morning or at least use a milky cleanser in Mm -hmm. the morning. I'm more of a fan of always cleansing morning and night. Why do you like to cleanse morning and night? Because like, again, this is like one of those things. Bacteria, oil when you're sleeping, like all the things. If your hair gets on your face, I just think it's really important. Okay. Well, uh, people's people. (laughs) For sure you have to at night is, you know, 100 percent. You've been out. You want to wash everything out. But the double cleanse at night. I use a micellar water if I'm wearing makeup. Okay. Okay. I love a micellar water. I feel like I have to double cleanse. I think once I started doing that, it like changed the way yeah. that my skin was because otherwise, like I used to hate wearing, I still, I, wearing makeup is still not my favorite thing. Same. But I feel like anytime I would, I'd break out after. And then when right. I started double cleansing, I feel like it like it truly better. took yeah. everything off. Yes. You know, It's true. It's true. Because I like I have friends who'll just... I don't know, like do one wash and I'm like, but I can literally see. I know you can still see that it's all still there. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, that's like, no, that, that ain't it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. That's why I like a micellar water before. Okay, cool. Talk to me about makeup because, you know, I think that oftentimes people can clog up and break out because of the makeup that they're using. So do you have any tips on foundations people should be using or like specific ingredients they should be staying away from when selecting their foundation? I am the worst person to ask this question to because I don't wear makeup. However, recently I've been trying to find, I've been looking more into it for when people ask, you should look for something that's non-comedogenic. Makeup definitely foundation and all of the tinted SPF, all of those things can really be filled with a lot of oil to get the slick and all of that. So I would really check I don't know all the brands. I I love NARS. They are non-comedogenic. I don't know about all of their products, but they're tinted SPF, Mm -hmm. which is what I use. But I think that's the most important. And it is really, really hard for sure, because so many of the great, the clogging ones are like beautiful, you know. So I would definitely just ask. Mm -hmm. Um, And most most products have it written on it, whether or not they're non-comedogenic. Really? And that just means that they won't clog your pores. So that's what I would look. Or even oil-free. But there's so many out there. There's so many different brands that are, you know, for people that— No, but the thing is, like, this is the thing, right? That, like, you—like, some people, they just don't know what to look for. And it's, like, overwhelming when you go in. So it's, like, when you have these, like, little tips that, like, look for oil-free or, like, non-comedogenic. If you're breaking out, I would definitely look for oil-free, a hundred percent or non-comedogenic, either, either one. Okay, great. And then talk to me about when someone comes to get a facial, like, are you into peels? Like what, what should someone, cause I know you're not taking any clients. Otherwise I would be the first that signed up, (laughs) but how does someone go and like, what should they ask for? I just do whatever I need to do. And yes, I do peels. I'm a bit, I'm big into peels, but 
you don't have to ask for anything with me. People ask me that question for what do I do if I'm going to this place and what do I ask for? It's the hardest question ever because like so many places have add-ons you can do and all of these things. I think if you're going to a place and the esthetician isn't going to give you what you need, you're in the wrong place for sure. That's yeah, yeah. fair. And, that, and, and that's a lot of the places. That's why I would never do an add-on. I hate all of those things. It's stressful for the person coming in who has no idea. And then the esthetician says, well, if you do this peel for $30 more, it'd be better for your skin. What does that mean? So the, the facial we're doing now isn't going to be right for my skin. It's just rude. So I would never do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm like very particular about where I go for like mm-hmm. all of my services. Yeah. And I, then like once I go, it's like a blind trust. Yes. Like someone DM'd me being like, what did you ask for with like your hair color? And I was like, ask for? I just sat <laughs> there and I said, yeah. make me look pretty. Yeah. Because I have like no, blind trust, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. I think when it comes to the people you go to for yes. your procedures, like <laughs> go to someone good. Yeah. For sure. It's a hard one, but you shouldn't have to like try to figure it out or you're just at the wrong place. Yeah. Very good point. <laughs> okay. So before we wrap, I want to do a rapid fire. Okay. Okay. So first question, what's a skincare tool or device that you love right now? Well, I'm going to say like my own. My, oh, that's my, fine. My, my Tell sculpt, us about it. Sculpt, my sculpting wand, which is vibration therapy or... LED light mass, which Wait, I have. I, I got to know about this sculpting so wand. The sculpt- what does it do? The sculpting wand I've been using, I started using vibration therapy when I first, like 18 years ago, when I first started working as an esthetician. And I just got to see how well it worked. And so I wanted to actually make my own, but get the claims and, you know, all the proof that it's actually doing what I thought it was doing. Mm -hmm. So it's a really easy device to do and it just helps to tone, tighten and lift. So like, what does it do? Like you hold it in your hand and then you just do the thing. It's very similar to microcurrent, but it's using vibration. So it goes deeper into the skin. It really targets any deep wrinkles. It helps with puffiness, inflammation and very easy to use. How often are you doing it and for how long? I mean, you could do it all day long if you want, but like it, it, it depends. Like for me, I use it the most around my eyes when I wake up because I get super puffy and it takes me, I don't know, two minutes, but probably for your whole face. I don't know, probably five minutes, six minutes, somewhere around then. It's easy. And it's just like, honestly, I'll use it throughout the day. You can't overdo it. OK, good hawk. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, number two, how often should someone get a facial? I would say if you can once a month. Okay, and why? Because you're getting that professional exfoliation, which is so important. And also somebody's, you know, making sure you're on track. Not everyone has a LED panel at their house and all the things. So you're getting all of that. And I will say for some people, you can go longer. It really depends on your skin. You know, some people are like, five to six weeks, somebody that's doing everything at home, has no pores. Maybe they're coming every two months. It no just pores, depends. not I even mean, it's Listen, I, I have two clients that have zero pores, just two. <sighs> Must be nice. <laughs> I know, it's not me. Okay, last question. What is a skincare product you can't live without? My retinol. Okay, everyone go get a retinol. Yeah, I can't live without retinol. I don't think anyone should. A hundred percent. I second that. I feel like it's a life changing ingredient for everyone to use. Tell everyone where they can find you. Shawnee Darden, shawneedarden.com. I think that's it. And you're available on Sephora? Yes. Sephora.com. That's really important that you got that one. Yeah. Sephora, Sephora. Yes. In stores and online. 
Thank you so much for being here. Thank this is you so, so fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.